Hi everyone and welcome to the Private Practice with Soul podcast. This is the first podcast for counsellors that just don't align with the traditional approaches to business and that want to use their spiritual gifts, talents and interests to create, you guessed it, a private practice with soul. So look, leave it to me to provide you with everything you need, including strategies that you can use to increase your income, reduce your workload and of course increase inquiries and referrals to your beautiful soul-led private practice. I love it so much. If you haven't done it already, grab your journal, grab your pen and let's begin. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode. I hope that you all had a fantastic weekend. Uh, Gabe and I certainly did. (laughs) He is snuggled down beside my feet as I speak, which is lovely because it's so cold here in Melbourne at the moment. (laughs) Anywho, let's get on with the show. So what I'm going to do is talk with you about just my opinion only. It's only my professional opinion, and I appreciate you have yours, but I would love to hear it. Um, and I, w- I would love to hear what you have to say, because to me, this is something that's really so important. Uh, what happened was today, so yesterday <laughs> for you when you hear this, uh, I shared a post in the Counselors Connect Australia group and it seems to have caused, as I expected it would, uh, quite a bit of heated discussion, as again, I expected that it would, because I knew it was going to be something that maybe not everybody wanted to hear. Now, it really only affects the minority of counsellors. I like to believe that on the whole, counsellors don't do this. Um, but I'm also aware as a supervisor, and as a private practice mentor, and also as a private practice coach, that this is happening in our profession and for me it's not sitting well and it's not sitting right and um, yeah I chose yesterday or today to air that so here's what it is okay I'm just gonna say it so basically what I'm aware of is some counsellors accepting referrals um, that clients bring to them that have GP mental health care plans attached to them and that um, have referral letters made out to dear psychologist. Now, what's happening is the counsellors are saying to the clients, listen, I'm not on Medicare, so I can't use the mental health care plan, um, which means you can't get a rebate. But then they're doing things that are, I feel, perhaps not entirely above board like for example saying to the client but you know what I'm going to price match um, whatever the psychologist was going to charge you out of pocket Um, things like that now you and I both know that every psychologist charges something different and there are different levels of rebates within you know psychology and medicare and all that sort of stuff so how these counselors are coming up with you know whatever the gap is I don't know um but anyway they're saying to clients I I will charge you the same um and you can see me now the problem with that is well there's a, a number of problems with that first off um We've got the issue of the doctor and the doctor's intention. So for somebody to be given a mental health care plan, the doctor needs to have on record or make themselves before they, um, you know, create that 
GP mental health care plan referral, um, a diagnosis, there needs to be an existing diagnosis on file before that referral can be made. So the doctor then says, okay, Brooklyn, you have a mental health condition, you know, it's called anxiety. And what I want to do is I'm going to send you to the psychologist, you know, uh, down, down the road there. They are fantastic. This is what they do. Um, da, 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 da. Here's the referral. Now, let's say um, that doctor has made the decision to send that client to send that client to a psychologist they have done that for a reason okay I'm sure that doctor is aware that they have the ability and the scope to refer to a counsellor but they've chosen in this situation to send that client send their patient to a psychologist because they have determined that that client that patient of theirs requires services only a psychologist can provide Okay, so I'm not talking about mental health social workers and OTs and things like that. I'm talking about psychologists and counsellors. So anyway, first off, we've got this to consider, haven't we? The doctor has made a decision, an educated decision in their mind to send this person to a psychologist. Now, that's the first thing to consider. The next thing to consider is why hasn't the client gone to that? psychologist now a lot of the time what I'm hearing is that oh well you know they can't get in to see the psychologist and I live in a rural area and blah 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 and so there are all these reasons why the um, client ends up at a counsellor and you know so then the counsellor will say oh well you know isn't it better that I see them because I can see them right now and I can help them and I'm qualified like I've done mental health training and I have a mental health qualification Um, the thing is sure you have availability and yes you have some degree of training but you don't have the same type of training that a psychologist does so it doesn't make any sense to me that you would say to a client who's been referred, you know, over there to the butcher that you would say, well, look, I'm not a butcher. I sell fruit and vegetables. Um, I won't charge you what the butcher charges you, but I, I will match the butcher's fee on sausages for you. So come and come and get some fruit and vegetables. It doesn't work like that. They're not the same service. And so when you talk to a client and it's perhaps interpreted by the client as coercive when you're like doing things like oh I'll price match and you know please see me I'll price match and I can see you now and blow the psychologists over there they can't see you for for months and surely the right thing to do is to help you now no it's not because the intention of that referral from the referring doctor was for that client to get a service that you do not provide so it doesn't matter the point that the fact that you have availability doesn't matter the fact that you've got a diploma in you know mental health practitioner training or whatever it is doesn't matter what matters is this doctor wants their patient seen by a psychologist okay so now it's not ethical for you to you know, coerce a client, say, look, I will match whatever the psychologist was going to charge you because you don't do what the psychologist does. They're not going to get the same service from 
from you as a counsellor that they will from a psychologist. And I'm not saying anything about your service not being a good service. I'm sure it is a fantastic service, but the reality is it's not the service they were referred for. Okay. I feel like there are other ways that you can go about this that are perhaps more ethical and by that what I would suggest is if a client comes to you and they've got a referral from the doctor they can't get in to see the psychologist but they've found you I feel like you know you should have a look at that referral and see whether or not it's within your scope of competence to provide treatment I mean Medicare is about treatment it's anyway, to provide the counselling or the therapy or whatever it is that the client's going to need. If that's in your scope of expertise and you've got the training and you've got the knowledge and all of that sort of stuff, what's the problem with you saying to the client, listen, hey, you know what? I'm not a psychologist. I can't organise Medicare rebates for you. So I can't really help you under this referral. However, I noticed that you have depression. I happen to have a lot of experience supporting people with depression, get some really good outcomes. Um, Would it be all right with you if I call your doctor and maybe we have a chat with the doctor and see, um, you know, if that would be okay because really it's the doctor that's made the referral. So we need to keep that doctor informed about what's happening. And if the client agrees and they're happy for you to call a doctor, give the doctor a call, say, Hey, Dr. Smith, you know, my name's Brooklyn. I have a lady here with me. Um, You know, she's got a GP mental health care plan made out to psychologist, you know, Dr. Brown. Dr. Brown doesn't have availability, but I do. I'm not a psychologist. I can't see your patient under um, Medicare. However, I've got loads of experience and training and qualifications in working with depression and I'll be absolutely more than happy to see her. I just wanted to, you know, touch base with you and, um, you know, see what your thoughts are. What would you like to do? Because it's the doctor's referral. It's not your referral. It's the doctor's referral. The doctor made it. The doctor intends for it to go somewhere. So then if the doctor says, do you know what? It sounds fine by me. I just want her seen, but, you know, keep me in the loop, da, 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 Then, of course, amazing, fantastic. Thank the doctor for their time. Um, let the client know, yes, the doctor's happy, blah, 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 and go ahead with your with your normal booking in process. But if the doctor says, do you know what? I really feel like, you know, my patient needs to see, I I really feel more comfortable with my patient seeing a a psychologist, but thanks for letting me know. Okay, no problem. That's an opportunity for you to build a relationship with that doctor and say, okay, no problem. Totally understand where you're coming from there. Um, I know of two really great psychologists in the area. There's this one over here and there's that one over there. Um, And here are their phone numbers. Is there anything else that I can do to, you know, facilitate this or, or help this along for you? That's all you have to do. And then the doctor's going to remember you for being somebody that was helpful, somebody that was transparent, somebody that was honest. And you never know what might come your way. You might just get that next referral from that doctor because of how you've behaved this time. But how's it going to be if the opposite happens and the doctor gives a psychologist referral to the client 
Klein ends up at a counsellor's clinic, at your clinic, and, you know, or at your practice rather, and you say, do you know what, I'll see you and I'll price match whatever the psychologist was going to charge you and, um, you know, you'll have a better time with me than with the psychologist and I can get just as good outcomes. And you say things like that um, and then you see the client and then the client goes back to see their, their doctor and the doctor says, oh, I haven't heard anything from your psychologist yet. And the client says, oh, well, I see, you know, Tony down, down the road, yeah. And the doctor's going to say, but I sent you to Brooklyn, um, you know, the psychologist Brooklyn. Like, what? who's Tony? And then what's going to happen? You're not going to get any more referrals and the doctor's going to tell everybody not to send work your way. Um, so don't do it. The other thing that comes up for me is some counsellors say, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't call it unethical Brooklyn because at least we're available and we can help. So we're doing the right thing by helping clients when the psychologists and the mental health accredited social workers can't, you know. Um, and I think, no, you're not, because the thing is that this client has a, a mental health condition it's probably a complex one um especially like depression isn't an easy thing to treat you know anyway um what was that what was I gonna say oh, I've just lost my train of thought oh yeah and even with anxiety anxiety can be tricky to treat as well um so I question if you say to your client, hey, I'm not a psychologist, I'm a counsellor, I'll price match, I'll do this, I'll do that, let's book in with me. Do you know what? Clients might agree to see you and then you're calling that informed consent. But here's the thing, the client's probably bamboozled, probably confused, they're probably wondering who you are, they're probably very nervous, especially if they've not been in the system before and they don't know how it works, they're, they're looking to you to be the authority. Um, and you could be potentially misleading them because they don't have informed consent. They've only got the information that you're providing them. So I, I disagree that, you know, you're getting the client's consent. Um, I, I think it's possible in some situations that, that you could, but I think most of the time, given that there's mental health conditions going on and given that it's um, the first time they've spoken to you or, or seen you, I think they're vulnerable. And I think we have to be very, 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 very careful about um, supporting vulnerable members of our community. And I don't believe that appropriating referrals that were meant for other professionals is a way of supporting vulnerable people in our community. The way to do it, um, always ring the referrer, explain what's happened to the referrer, explain what your background is, explain that you have capacity, that you're willing and able to see them um, and, and ask the referrer what they would like you to do. Because as I said, this is not your referral, nor is it the client's. This is the doctor's referral. The doctor owns that referral and it's up to them who they want that client to, to see. And always because they're the expert in the client's health, okay? A lot of the time, clients we work with, um, we want to empower them, we want to give them all the education and all the information, but you know, um, a lot of the time when we're working with certain conditions or certain presentations, we can 
bump into clients that have limited insight, um, that, that don't understand how things go. And especially if we're talking about clients who have trauma backgrounds and things like that, who can be, you know, falling into traps of um, going along with whatever they believe the authority figure is saying to them, and they're going to see you as the authority figure. And that, to me, this is not ethical behavior at all. Um, it's it's a practice that seems to be happening, this practice of appropriating, you know, referrals that were meant for other professionals, um, for other services, because as I said before, counseling is a different service to psychology. Um appropriating those referrals for for different services I, I don't understand how that could be seen as ethical and it really actually worries me a lot to see um some counselors argue argue for appropriation of referrals that were meant for other services and argue that that's ethical so I don't know you know what it's it's just my opinion um I've been on both sides of the fence with psychology and with counseling um I've got fantastic networks of GPs that you know I work with even today um I know the conversations I've been around them for 20 years I, I know how it goes and I want the best for the clients like this to me is so important I'm worried for the health and the well-being of the of the clients if they're not getting the service that they need um so anyway the point I'm trying to make is before you um work with a client who is destined for a different service to yours please ring the doctor please let the doctor know what's happened um please let the doctor know you've got the client with you um you know what your experience and expertise is that you can help them that you have um availability let them know all of that and you know what this is an opportunity for you to build a referral pathway with that doctor and I would much prefer um, all of us be really transparent not only in our dealings with each other but in our dealings with clients and in our dealings with um, professionals you know counsellors like ACA and PACFA are working really really hard for a, a subgroup of counsellors that want to be on Medicare right that they're advocating um, really hard for for this small group of counsellors that really want to be on Medicare you're making their job 10 times harder when there's unethical behavior going on because it, it impacts the reputation of the profession when other professionals become aware that you're doing this. So to help each other um, and to help raise up the profile of the profession, um, I would encourage you to stop doing this if it's something you've been doing. And do you know what? If you have been doing it, um, you know, I was going to say that's okay. It's it's not okay. But if you have been doing it, I'm going to imagine it's because um, you fell under a belief that this was okay and that this was a right thing to do. You didn't know differently, but now you do. And now you have that awareness. And I want you to be really, 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 really mindful next time you get an inquiry from someone that's got a GP mental health care plan um, about the next steps that you take because we have a duty of care first and foremost to the client second of all to the referrer 
third of all to the profession. Okay, so um, yeah, do, 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 do have a think about it. Uh, doctors are not your only source of referral. Um, they do tend to refer to psychologists and there's a very good reason for that and there's a very big reason for that and Medicare is part of it. But anyway, for now, um, I would encourage us as professionals, as professionals to behave like professionals and to work with each other and support each other in raising up the profile of the profession and part of that is going to be through the application of professional behavior and ethical behavior so yeah I hope this helps to clarify things especially for students and especially for new grads who may be new to counselling and not know any differently and maybe have heard or seen on the grapevine that this is an okay thing to do. I just want to raise your awareness. No, it's not. Um, And it's definitely something to take to supervision for discussion if you have uh, a situation arise in your practice where somebody does come along with a plan and you're not sure what to do. In fact, it might also be a good idea for you to make a note today about taking this particular topic to supervision and unpacking it with your supervisor in a safe space where you're not going to be judged, but where you can get the guidance and support um, from somebody that's trained in, you know, this and in, in managing, um, you know, it's not really a dilemma. <laughs> you just don't do it, but some people might feel like it's a bit of a, a dilemma. But anyway, take it to supervision get the right advice, get the right guidance. Don't listen to all the people in in the groups because you'll get overwhelmed. Um, and, you know, some people are going to agree with you, some are going to disagree with you and you'll get confused. Um, stick with one source and make that source someone that you trust, i.e. your supervisor. If you don't have one, absolutely get one. Um, you should all have one. Um Yep. And if you need a supervisor, reach out in the Counsellors Connect Australia group or in the Australian Counsellors in Private Practice online group because there are um, qualified, trained supervisors in there for counsellors that do have capacity, that do have availability and that can support you on this very topic. Okay. So this episode was you know designed created the intention of this episode was to raise awareness around a practice that's going on in our community that I personally don't feel comfortable with um I personally would like to see it end um it doesn't make sense to me that you know one profession is appropriating referrals that were intended for a different service um but anyway I've already said that so I'm not going to belabor the point anyway hope this was helpful. I hope it gets you thinking. I hope it gets those of you who have been working with clients who have mental health care plans um, thinking about does this client even have the capacity to provide informed consent to work with you over what their doctor has said. Um, Anyway, yeah, just an awareness raising podcast. So I hope it helps Um, and if you have any questions, which I'm sure you will, please jump in the groups and let me know or send me a message on Instagram at the private practice coach or on Facebook Messenger and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the podcast. Have a great day. Bye. 
I hope that you loved this episode as much as I loved putting it together for you. To get more resources to help you in your private practice, head over to Instagram. My handle is at the private practice coach. And also, if you want more inquiries and referrals for your business, let me know. I have a program called Clients on Demand that opens every quarter, and I can absolutely get you some information for that as well. You are doing an amazing job. Thank you for sharing your gifts with the world. Bye.